0: Friends, I'm so excited to introduce y'all to my friend, Holly Jo Hepler. Today on the podcast, she's a mother, a lover of Jesus, a ministry leader in the local church, and radically committed to helping women activate their God-given gifts so they can change the world. She's a speaker, podcaster, and a high-performance leadership coach, I've known Holly Joe since I was in high school, and I just adore this girl. Be sure to head to my show notes page at EliseMarsh.com slash podcast and check out all of her amazing resources and offerings. Okay, let me just pause for a minute and talk to y'all about birth, especially if you're listening and you're a pregnant mama today. I know you want a smooth, uncomplicated birth experience. We all do. The question really is, how does this happen? How do we make this happen? I love to be there with you as you navigate this journey in pregnancy and birth. Remember, no one is responsible for your birth experience, but you, my friend, and you can do this. You are powerful and you have control over your birth choices right now maybe not all of them, but guys, you can set yourself on a path to lead you where you want to go. You can set yourself up for success and just rest in peace, knowing Jesus is in charge of all the rest. And I'd love nothing more than to come alongside you on your pregnancy journey, If you're interested in learning more about my online course, head to www.yourbestbirthcourse.com and check it out today. Use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout for the special price I offer only to my podcast listeners. And if you're ready to get started on your journey toward a rewarding birth experience, I've got something just for you. I've created a free guide called The Four Keys to a Positive, Rewarding Birth Experience. Head on over to EliseMarsh.com and click on freebies, and you'll find it there waiting for you. Okay, Holly, thank you for coming. Thank you for finding a spot in your day and your schedule hang out with me. I love you, friend. I'm so excited to chat with you. Okay. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay. Welcome. For those listeners who do not know who you are, would you introduce yourself? I know you as Holly jo. Um, You're amazing. We, I was tr- thinking about it this morning, like how, when did I first meet you or how long ago that was? And I really don't even know. I think I was, I don't know, 20, 21. 22? I have no idea how old I was, but definitely through church and all that good stuff. So, but yeah. tell the
1: people who you are, what are you doing with your life? Yes. Who's Holly? Well, yeah, my name is Holly Joe Hepler and um, the most important title I have is a mom. Yes. I am a mom of a three-year-old little boy named JC. He is so precious. Um, currently right now I'm living in the state of Florida I work at Grace City Church and I oversee all of our discipleship programs. I am also a life coach and I started a business last year called Life on Purpose. So um, I, I also have a podcast and yeah. have weekly conversations on personal development and growth. And I coach women on how to find confidence in who they are and help them discover their God given gifts. And so I love doing that. And okay, Elise, we yes. met when I was. 19, okay. I was serving, I was serving the church. It was back in like 2008, 2007. Okay. Okay. And one of the very first things that we did together, cause I was thinking about two this week. One of the first things that we did together is we ran registration for sold out yes. conference at the church. Yes.
0: That's right. <laughs> so,
1: so anyways, um, but yeah, I, I just honored to be here and talk about my life and my story. And yes, it's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh man. I love a good conference registration. Why do oh, I like that?
1: I don't know. No. I love, it's like a love hate, but I mean, it's a, it's a love hate, it's a it's, love
0: hate. You love it and you hate it. And, so and think good. about
1: like back in the day, we were so stressed out overseeing that. And now we're moms yes. and our capacities have stretched. I've yes. never been so stressed out. during yes. that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, yes. I had nothing to worry about. Why was yes. I stressed? I know.
0: I know. Perspective, right? Yes. Okay. So life on purpose. I've listened to your podcast with Jill and I love it. Okay. So tell me like how, what was the origin of that? Like, how did that come to be? Were you just like, let's do this, Jill. We need to do this. Or how, like, where did that come from?
1: Okay. It actually came from a deep place. So the past three years of my life, I've been in a, in a wildly crazy healing journey. Um, My marriage ended several years ago and I became a divorced single mom Mm -hmm. in full time ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's when my therapy journey really began. I've done counseling, Mm -hmm. I've done a little bit of therapy Mm -hmm. here and there. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, I hired a life coach. This woman, Tracy Russell. She actually is still active today and she's amazing. And I was in this life coaching program with her and three other women mm-hmm. who were going through a divorce okay. and I was in trauma therapy. So for three years, I was like in this deep dive, like right. I was discovering uh, the depths of sorrow and grief mm-hmm. and Honestly, having to re identify who I was and what my purpose was. Yeah. Because that title of wife was stripped Mm -hmm. from me. And I found myself in such a desperate place. And so, Mm -hmm. to answer your question, Life on Purpose, the podcast, it started a year ago when I was sitting with my best friend, Jill Green, in her house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was speaking from a place of healing and a place of wholeness. And I was like, I have learned so much. I feel like I've just, I've been filled up with Mm -hmm. going to therapy every week, um, working with a life coach to, to dream again, to get Mm -hmm. back on my feet again. And I've experienced infertility. Mm -hmm. I've, I have, I have a diagnosis that doesn't allow me to have children. I've had Mm -hmm. a surrogate. Mm -hmm. I'm divorced. I'm a single Mm -hmm. mom. I I feel like I'm everything horrible as a woman that you don't want to happen to you. (laughs) To me yeah, without yeah. my control. And right. so I was talking with Jill. I said, I just I think I want to start a podcast where I can be honest and have yeah. these conversations that her and I were having all the time. Right. I'm like, why don't we just open this up for a platform? And for we sure. honestly we didn't care if five people listened. Oh yeah. Like I, I was like, if one person listens <laughs> and experiences breakthrough, that to me is the win. Absolutely. And so that's how that started, Elise. And then out of that, this is how cool God is. Mm-hmm. It, you get one idea, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. And we started doing the weekly podcast and then people started reaching out. And I was like, wait a second. I feel like there's ministry opportunity here. I yeah. feel like there's a way to help people. And yeah. so we actually created a business model where we do conversations, coaching and content and so we just recently launched, launched like a cohort this past year. Uh-huh. Um, I'm dabbling into coaching, helping women more on like a personal one-on-one basis, group yeah. coaching. So it's just been honestly, and the whole heart of it is to serve people and help people.
0: I love discover
1: it. Discover their purpose when they feel like their dreams have died
0: mm-hmm wow oh. when their dreams have died what do you do where do you go where do you I go love that I mean it's yeah. like I think the Lord is so good about like here I'm just going to give you this little piece this little carrot and it's like the tip of the iceberg right like he gives yes. you that little bit and we just have to be obedient with that first step and then he shows you the rest like okay here exactly. jump off this cliff with me <laughs> And don't, you know, what's below and it's going to seem real freaky and real scary, but Hey, I've got this like beautiful thing for you. I just need you to keep, keep going, keep walking in faith with me. I love that you're you're just doing that with your life, Holly. It's so good.
1: You know, starting. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate your encouragement. Mm -hmm. I think starting over a lot of women experience that in their lives and they need a safe place to have a community Mm -hmm. of support to go. It's okay to start Mm -hmm. over. And sometimes, sometimes starting over is because of decisions we've made. Maybe we have career changes or we went from being a mom to now we're full-time home with the kids. So you feel like Mm -hmm. you're starting over or you're moving across Mm -hmm. the country like you did to Tennessee. You're starting over yeah. or you go through a divorce and you feel like, wow, relationally I'm starting over. So it's just, it's, it's a goal for the rest of my life. I want to help women dream again.
0: Yes. That's so good. Okay. So there's so many things I want to talk about, talk with you about today, but tell us, okay. So you mentioned you were a surrogate, you had a gestational surrogate who happened to be your sister-in-law. So tell me, tell me, how was that process? Like, would you do that again? Obviously maybe not with the same person, but in the future or what is like, I know there's a lot there for you. So unpack that with me. Okay. Obviously you you've known that you're not able to have, you know, carry your own baby in your own body, but walking into marriage, you knew these things. How did that kind of unfold for you?
1: Yeah, so when I was 16, just a little quick backstory, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with MRKH syndrome, which is meyer rokitansky kuster hauser syndrome, which those four names are the doctors that mm-hmm. found, you know, discovered this syndrome. Mm-hmm. Basically what it means is that when you were born, you were born without the the organ of a uterus. Like you literally just were, there's, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no reason. There's no scientific research that really supports why I was born without a uterus. It mm-hmm. truly was just the way that I was formed in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And so I found out when I was 16. So <clears throat> from that moment, I was on this journey of, you know, being told at 16 you could never have children that way. Mm. It was like once again a dream taken from me that I had no right. control. That's kind of the theme of my life. Just things taken from me, just stripped of me and really, but you know, in that moment, they did tell me you do have ovaries. Now we don't Mm. know at this point, whether or not you have healthy eggs, we're not sure you can dabble into IVF later on and do a Mm. surrogate. But at the time when you're 16, I didn't even know what surrogacy looked like. So when I did my former husband, when I met him, that was one of the conversations we had, of course, when we were dating was just, Hey, this is getting serious and I'm not able to, to provide children in that way. And he took it so well and was so Mm -hmm. gracious and that didn't even cross his mind. And it bought, I mean, just, it was beautiful. So when we got married, we actually, our second year of marriage, Mm -hmm. we saw a New York times article Mm -hmm. and the article was that for the first time ever, they were bringing, a medical trial to the United States of America for uterus transplants. Wow. Yeah. So one morning he was like, did you see this on the New York times? I was like, oh my gosh. And it said, email the editor. If you want to be a candidate. Oh, wow. So, so we emailed and we were so excited. We were like, this is God's plan. Wow. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be in this trial and I'm going to get a uterus and this is going to be amazing. Mm. And so we go, we get accepted into the trial.
0: Whoa. Literally,
1: literally we get accepted into hundreds and thousands of women are like trying to get wow. into this trial. We get accepted. We buy tickets to fly out to the Cleveland clinic in Ohio. Mm. Um, and so we get accepted. We, we get on the, right before we're driving to the airport and we send in all of our medical records. We send right. in all of our x-rays and we're driving to the airport and they call us and say, you've been disqualified. <gasps> and our flight's about no. to take off in two hours. Oh no! Like, oh my gosh. So that was a whole nother thing. So out of that, then his sister, so it's kind of, it's so beautiful mm-hmm. to hear that whole story. You right, know, we right. kind of thought that we were going to have children that way. Right. So then, um, my former husband's sister, her name is PJ. Mm-hmm. She, she drove down to the city we were living in and she, the whole family was there. And she told us a dream. She said that God gave her a dream that she was literally carrying our child. Wow. And we were both like, whoa. And at that time we were in a place financially, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to have children. So we didn't start the process of IVF until a year later, when we moved back to our city where we live now, Lakeland, Mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so we, we started the process. We found a doctor actually in Colorado, CCRM center, the Colorado center of reproductive medicine, Dr. Schoolcraft. He was known across the world for creating a, a scaling system that actually grades your embryos. So what happens Mm -hmm. when, for those listening who probably maybe are familiar with IVF is that when you go through the IVF process, you have, you you, you'll take the healthiest embryo and you'll transplant that into the uterus, hoping that it will stick. But what happens is, is if if doctors don't have the proper grading system, you could actually choose an embryo that doesn't have a strong nucleus. Hmm. So that's 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 like 50% of why failed IVFs happen. There's a lot of other reasons, but one of the primary reasons is because the nucleus of the embryo isn't strong enough to con- continue to grow life
0: hmm. and grow
1: into a baby with a heartbeat. So, So he created a world-renowned system that is recognized by almost every country that does IVF where you, you can grade the embryos and it's a safe process. It's not dangerous for the embryos at all, but it happens after a certain gestational period of the embryo before it's even transplanted. So that's, that's why we chose to go with him. Because if we're like, if we're doing a scenario, yeah, yeah, we're doing that way. Like we yes. want, we, it's almost like you want to sure bet. Yeah. you know oh, there's, yeah. It's like, so, so we went with him and, um, I flew up to Colorado three times. The last time was with our surrogate. We got healthy embryos. We got 13 strong embryos. We got seven of them that were like tested in his grading scale. They were all level A's. And I think I had one wow. AB. So that's wow. like the highest is A and then AB right. is the second. So, I mean, we were blessed. We wow. did the surrogate process. Um, PJ, our surrogate lived two hours away from us. So I was able to drive to almost every single appointment. Wow. And you and I did, I struggled through. I'm not carrying my own baby. Yeah. Of course. Will I I emotionally connect with this child? Mm -hmm. I I wasn't there for the first kick. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know what it's like to have that nine months of feeling connected to this beautiful life that you're building Mm -hmm. and, and, and Mm -hmm. and actually birthing and developing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can honestly say it was the most beautiful experience of my life. I got to deliver my baby. Wow. I got to actually scrub up and my, my, my child's father was right there by her head, by her surrogate's head. I was there on the other side of her was her husband. And then the doctor and I were down below and, mm-hmm. and I delivered JC.
0: That's amazing. So,
1: you know, and, and I got to do skin to skin and my amazing selfless surrogate pumped her breast milk for six months and wow. would deliver it in cooler. She would dry it in coolers to us for six Wait months.
0: to go, PJ.
1: Wow. That it is was that's amazing. Yep. Wow.
0: That's incredible. So what that, That's our a sto- story. that's that's just kind
1: of like the details of the story. And I there's lots of emotional challenges. Yeah. Um You know, and that I had to work through. And I had to really, I think for me, and I think for any woman who has had any sort of infertility journey, whether it Mm -hmm. is having a hard time getting pregnant, Mm -hmm. going through a miscarriage, having to do IVF or taking Clomid or having a surrogate or even having a difficult birth story.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Acceptance is very powerful. Yeah. And I had to come to a place. To say, not everything in my motherhood, in my life as a mom, was mm. going to go the way that I thought. Sure. And the more that I accepted it was my story, that's when my pain turned to power. Mm. Where that's then it good. became a test. It became a testimony of hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we were we were driving home from the hospital with JC, and I got an email in my inbox from Good Morning America. Wow. I thought it was a joke at least. <laughs> like, how'd you get my email? I'm totally Like, I'm very confused by this. So yeah. the hospital did a press release. Wow. Like a press release because they hadn't had a surrogate in many, oh, many years, oh, and oh, so wow. they're like, let's let's do a big press release to like local media outlets, and so they did, and somehow Good Morning America saw this press release and wow. did a special on us. Wow. And, and, and did this beautiful video interview on their social media and on their website and got millions of views. So, and people were commenting, like, I have MRIK or, you know, I have my Kaiser Hauser syndrome. Like I see hope for my future. This, you know, brought tears to my eyes. Like God is so good. Like we got to glorify God. And if I didn't, if I didn't accept that this was, this was my life, this Mm -hmm. was my story that mm. I I wouldn't have been able to help those millions of people find <laughs> hope.
0: Yeah, that's such a gift. And I just see you because it would be so easy to just sit in that victim place for I mean, anytime we have our power taken the control taken from us, anytime we have anything taken from us, we can man, I feel like the enemy is so quick to be like victim right there. Like I've got you, I can just put you in the prison cell right there and keep you in that victim mentality. But I love to hear how you've really just surrendered that to the Lord and said, Hey, I can, this is okay. And I can, I can still do X, Y, and Z, and I can still have control over these things. And I'm not a victim. I'm the victor, and I can overcome all of this because of who is inside of me and whose child I am. And I love hearing that just echoes through all of your story because, man, especially after, you know, your marriage ends and all of those things, it would be, I mean, how could you not just feel like, what has happened to me? And how am I going to get through this? So talk to us more about... Especially for someone who's listening who, man, maybe they're just in the thick of it or they're walking through those first stages of divorce. And I know it's probably a journey and especially in the Christian world and the church, like how did you even come to that place where you're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to walk forward. Our lives are going to look different. This is not my plan. This was not what I had in store, but I trust you, Jesus. Like, how yes. did you walk through all those places, especially mm-hmm. as someone who's in full-time ministry?
1: It was so hard. It, it so was so hard. It's so hard. So I think when it, when it first happened, you know, I always, cause right now I, I do coach and counsel a lot mm-hmm. of women walking through divorce right now. And one of the things I asked them that I had to ask myself was, mm-hmm. did you do everything in your power? Mm-hmm. To save your marriage during this mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. and you know, so at the beginning it was, I immediately, I immediately surrounded myself with a therapist, mm-hmm. with a, a a life coach that's gone through divorce, like gone through mm-hmm. divorce, and actually my life coach actually ended up getting remarried to the man that she was first married to, which is a beautiful. Her story wow. is insane. Wow. So I, I just, I immediately clung to professionals.
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: I knew one, I had never walked this journey before. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what to do. I don't even know what's right or wrong in this process. And then I clung to my community. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, and I, and I had, I came to a place where I sold the house, Mm-hmm. We let go of everything, like literally put all of my, I sold my furniture, put everything I own into a 10 by 10 storage unit. And I moved into my friend's guest room and I put the, my baby crib, JC was eight months at the time. Mm-hmm. I put his little baby crib in their boys' room. So all three boys shared a room together, two toddlers wow. and a baby. And I just, no, it was, it was literally crazy. It was literally <laughs> crazy. At least. Yeah just think about bedtime. It was yeah. insane. Oh yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But I can we made imagine. it work, but yeah. we made it work. And I just, I insulated myself with people that I trusted mm-hmm. and I, and, and, and I had to, because my world was so big because I was on a public platform. Yeah. I had to create a small world internally. Mm-hmm. And there was a season where I met with my pastors and for one year we agreed that I wouldn't do anything speaking. I would not be in a public platform because what was happening to me, all eyes were on me. Every, I mean, it was so crazy. I felt like I went to the grocery store. I went to church. I would go to, you know, I'd have meetings on Zoom and I would do all these things. And it's like, you could feel the darts. Like you could just feel it. Like people like, Oh my God, is she alive? What is she thinking? <laughs> her, her eyebrows are raised differently. Like, you know, it was just like, it was, I could feel it like a heat, mm, you know? Yeah. And so I hid myself away for like a year, yeah. at least. I mean, I hid myself away. Yeah. And, and so there were some really crucial things that I did. So that, that number, the number one thing I would tell any woman who's maybe listening is like, well, how do you even, where do you begin? Mm-hmm. Um, Therapy, therapy yeah. was, because here's what happens with trauma trauma uncovers trauma. Mm-hmm. So when you experience a big T trauma, like right. your husband, leaving you the loss of a child, the death of a child, um, betrayal, mm-hmm. uh, maybe bankruptcy, like these massive, yeah. massive sexual abuse. And when you experience trauma like this, you're not only dealing with the the moment of that incident, you start to uncover traumas from the past that you didn't know were there because it took that trauma for you to recognize the past trauma. Right. And so therapy was the most important thing that I did at the very beginning stages. Mm. I got right into cognitive therapy, which behavioral cognitive therapy is what we would say, talk therapy. So that's just, you're sitting in a counseling room, you're just processing. Yeah, Yeah. you need a safe place to say this is so. Like, and and I, I would say things. I would get it out. I would just talk. I would cuss. I would. Mm. I mean, I had. I because here's the thing: when you're a high performing leader, you just can't do that on social media. No. And and here's the thing: the thing (laughs) that we're seeing in big trouble. People think that their social media platforms are now they're out to say what they want. And that's oh, not yeah. appropriate. <laughs> <You're> right. Right. <laughs> or even, or even a podcast, like yeah. I'm talking to you out of a healed place. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know?
1: And so, so therapy was huge. I did somatic therapy, which somatic therapy is going to be where you sit with a therapist in a safe environment and you start to feel the trauma in your body. Mm -hmm. So somatic therapy is trying to connect your mind to your body because your body and your DNA, it holds trauma.
0: Yes. Like the body keeps the score.
1: Body keeps the score. Exactly. And that's actually where they, that's the author created the body keeps the score based off of somatic therapy tactics Mm -hmm. and, and, and tools. And so I did that. I did, I did, um, I'm, I'm currently actually, uh, this past year started EMDR therapy, which is i eye, yeah. eye rapid movement. Mm-hmm. And that actually helps. I'm creating new neural pathways. Right. So it is. So therapy was so big. Um, and then, you know, what do you do when God doesn't answer your prayers?
0: Yeah. Ooh, Like can, you still have hope and trust and faith in Jesus when nothing got resolved how you thought right. it was going to.
1: Mm-hmm. and, you know, I pray, I remember, I remember being young, Elise, and laying hands on my stomach, asking for God to give me a uterus. He never did, yeah. but he gave, but, he, but here's the thing. He mm. gave me JC in another way. Yeah. yeah. So here I am. I had just gone through this beautiful miracle story of surrogacy. Mm-hmm. I am holding my little boy. Who's not even one years old. My marriage is ending. And all I could think about is God, you foresaw this. Yeah. Because the timing of my surrogate, the timing of my little boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have survived my journey of healing post divorce without my son. Yeah. Wow. And it's not that I emotionally relied on my son because I go to therapy for those things. I go to pastors for those things. But every day I woke up and I looked at that little boy in that crib and I would pick him up and I would feed him and I would take him to take care and I would spend time with him. Mm -hmm. All I could think about was this little boy needs me to live through this divorce.
0: Mm. He's a healthy mom.
1: He needs a healthy mom. And also I looked at how the way that JC came into my life was not how I was praying. I was praying for God to miraculously give me a uterus. I was asking mm. God, Lord, mm. I've seen you raise the dead. You yeah. can give me a uterus. And yet he came a different way. God God yeah. provided JC a different way. So who am I to say that God's not going to redeem my divorce story in a different way? I mm. am fully convinced that I will be remarried. I am fully convinced that I am going to have more children in a different way. If Mm. that's through a blended family, praise God that I get to be a bonus mom to somebody. If that's through adoption, praise God, like, or maybe it's through surrogacy. Like I would be so down to do that again. And so I just feel like, but, but I, but it's so funny because I I can imagine people listening to this story going, but I'm in the beginning stages. Did you always have this hope? Mm. No. Right. No, Elise, I was broken. Yeah. Yeah. I was miserable. Yeah. Depressed, anxious for years. Like mm. I even still to this day, I am healed, but I have moments where I'm reminded of my loss.
0: Mm. Of course you're a human. I'm a human. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I, I think insulating myself, surrounding myself with people mm. who are only going to uplift and challenge me in the healthy ways. I go to therapy every week. I mm. still have a life coach. Yeah. And I also now help people who are in my spot. Mm. And that's, that's, that's what women have to understand too, is that God may not answer the prayers that you're praying but he'll answer your prayers. They mm-hmm. just may not be what you want them to be because right. we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. People have free will. Was it God's plan for me to go through divorce? Absolutely not. He didn't right. say, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause this this marriage to end. No, the covenant is the number one thing that he wants to keep together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we live in a broken world.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the power of God comes when you can accept that people are hurting and broken and they make certain decisions But yet God can still bring redemption to our stories. Yeah. You know, that's so so I just, I just have some scars now. I have battle wounds. I have scars. Yeah,
0: totally. And I think um, it reminds me, there's um, a, a teacher who says his name's Graham Cook and I love him, but he says like, you will work at remaining and abiding in peace, or you will work at not being anxious. So it's, it's work either way. You're going to work at remaining peaceful and living in that healthy place. It's work. It's therapy. It's Jesus. It's walking and breathing and doing all the things that you need to keep your body healthy. It's, it's work to remain restful and to remain abiding in the Lord. Or you're going to work at not being so depressed and anxious. Either way, it's going to take you're working. effort. You're working. Yes. That is the earth that we live in. And I just love that you've chosen to work at remaining restful and healthy and healed. And I just see that all over you. And I can totally see you being remarried. I will agree with you. I say there is a man for Holly Joe yes out there. And I name. just kind of hoping you you might find him in Nashville. <laughs> that
1: might be fun and for me. You, you, you never know. I, and that's what's so know. amazing about when we actually... Can just look back and accept what's happened to us now mm-hmm. i don't i don't agree but i can accept my reality right there's no difference you know yeah. I, I don't condone divorce when people come to me and go i want to leave my husband i say mm-hmm. hey you know i think god mm-hmm. wants to has something better for us than just leaving mm-hmm. our spouses mm-hmm. but i can accept the other side of pain when yeah. that does happen right and i just have seen god move in miraculous ways nothing shocks me anymore i'm like right nothing i'm like god you can do anything with my life yeah and so i'm just fully convinced that god's plan is bigger and better and when we put god in a box and mm-hmm. that he has to heal us this way he mm-hmm. has to come through when when you when you start putting parameters on what god can do that's when you feel anxious oh because yeah you have, because you have unmet expectations yeah so now i'm just going What do you want to do with my life? Go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so, that's so good. I, I love therapy and counseling. I've done it (laughs) many years. Like we're heading on like almost 20 years of therapy (laughs) off and on. It's so good, right? It's so good. It's so good. And I love my life coach. I am a huge life coach fan. I started talking with a life coach in 2020, 2021. That's that's awesome. And I love her. She's amazing. Um, But, through all of that i remember sitting in in one of our counselor's offices and she said she said to jeff and i sitting there she said you will finally come to a new place in your healing when you're able to turn your trauma into something that you can use for the glory of god it's it's the turning it's the it's the changing it's that process of what was hurtful is now helpful and it's that using all that pain for good and allowing Jesus to take it and turn it into something, but that can be a decade long journey. It doesn't always happen yes. in a day or a year or two years or three years. I mean, I've watched even in my husband, just seeing him a lifetime of trauma, he's now in the last two years figured it out, it's like, wow, this is, this is how we do it. And this is how we turn all that pain and we use it for the glory of God. And that in that place, That's where the Lord heals us and changes us and makes us new. And that's the beauty of it. And that's where we can still hope in our God because he can do those things. No one else can, which is amazing. But I love how you've just had this hope. And I know it hasn't always been there, but I even think like this last week in Nashville, I mean, the absurd grief and devastation that our city has experienced. And it is... Oh, it is just like wrecked. Me and I know a lot of other people. I can't imagine. just like I can't I can't imagine after just such a an ugly mm-hmm. like horrendous loss like that. Like how how yeah. do you still have hope in those places? And and how do you trust in Jesus? And obviously there's the stages yeah. of grief and loss and yeah. yeah. But the yeah. Lord is he's still good. He's still good yeah. in those places. Like we have to believe, you have to believe that. Otherwise, what is your faith founded on? What is your relationship? What is your salvation yeah. based on? If we can't trust Jesus in this yeah. broken, devastating places of our lives, yeah, what's the point? Like yeah, why? It, why would we?
1: Yeah. And it makes me think, Elise, you know, we're obviously recording this during Holy Week. Mm. And you know the night the night before Jesus was betrayed, mm. what does he do? He literally goes to the garden, and he is so anxious. He is devastated. He, he yeah. knows what he's he knows what's about to happen to him. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, take this cup from me. Take yeah. it. I, I don't yeah. want this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy to think like the plan and the narrative of God throughout Scripture is that there was a a brutal death, mm. betrayal, murder. Yeah. yeah it's oh. like it, it isn't it insane to think about and then it's like silence for 3 days like mm-hmm. there's no hope yeah. and weeping at the tomb and just weeping and weeping weeping at the foot of the cross and going what's going on this doesn't make sense everybody's questioning and then there's this process and then the resurrection and yeah. i just think that is like you know when you're when when i could imagine even just the victims of the shooting in nashville these moms and dads and and anybody that's experienced severe trauma and pain mm-hmm. it's it's not that we have false positivity right to, to me the model of turning your pain into power is going to the cross and crying and Mm -hmm. asking why and, and going, God, you're not afraid of my doubts. You're not afraid of my sorrow. You're not afraid of my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think for my own story, I can only speak out of my experience that there were so many nights. I I sat on the floor next to my bed shaking because I couldn't believe this was my reality. And I wasn't like, God, you're going to do it. And God, no, it was, Mm. my Bible is open. I have tears streaming down my face and I, all I can muster is why, Yeah. Yeah. why did this divorce happen? Why am I living in someone's guest room? Mm -hmm. I love you, Jesus. Why? Like, Mm. and God, God accepted that. Why? Mm -hmm. That's how I built hope. It wasn't like, you're going to do it, God. Like, no, right. like it, it was day in, day out. I ca- I didn't let the separation of the destruction to the answered prayer mm-hmm. cause distance between me and God. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually like I went to him and that's that's mm-hmm. where despair and sorrow can be dangerous mm-hmm. because it, it can put a void and yeah. you can start to go, you're not real. hmm. Why can't you just snap your fingers and God you make this go away mm-hmm. he doesn't always do that mm-hmm. he doesn't always do that and so and so I think that's where what, what you're talking about turning that transformative power you think about your yeah. husband Jeff and all those things yeah. it's like you have to keep going back to God in your tears yeah you know oh, and it's, it's, it's hour by hour sometimes <laughs> oh minute by minute I mean <laughs>
0: There, yeah, I think that's instead of running away, we go to him. Mm -hmm. And are you? Have you watched The Chosen?
1: I haven't. I'm sorry. I feel every time I say this, I feel guilty. (laughs) Like I, like I work at a church. I need to see The Chosen. Okay, but tell me, what do you? Okay, but it's so
0: good. I, I really think the Jeff would say this too. The beginning of The Chosen. We started it. It aired 2020 Easter week. This week. Um, in 2020, and they put it out on YouTube. And truly, I tell you this I really think Jeff scene, we couldn't talk to each other. We were in a season like we couldn't, we could barely even be in the same room. And this was like right before we separated. And he, I asked him, I was like, Do you want to watch The Chosen? And that was the only thing we could do together was watch the chosen. We couldn't do anything else together, but we could sit and watch the chosen. And I think just seeing Jesus in that way, just began to soften Jeff's heart and start to heal him. Obviously we had a lot of things to figure out and work through, but it was, there's something about seeing Jesus in that way. This, this man who was fully God loving people mm. in this way, like in a real yeah. tangible everyday way. And that's the beauty of the chosen. And that's why people are obsessed with it because they're falling in love with Jesus. I mean, that's, oh. that's really the story. So yes. Anyway, I love, 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 love to hear how you have just transformed your heartache into hope. You really, you really have. And and you've, you've kept going and you haven't given up um mm-hmm. I, it's a beautiful story holly and i hope you keep no. telling it keep yes. telling it oh okay yes. so before we go what is something that is totally changing your life right now that you are loving maybe as a mom just as a human being tell me
1: something you love right now okay so i made some huge changes in the way that i do motherhood okay and Tell us. it's, I'm loving, I'm loving it right now. So I, am, um, you know, we all, we all can say like our children are our priorities. Like, of course sure. they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you, you know how easy it is when you, you get home from a meeting and you're like, the kids are screaming, you're making the dinner, you're, yeah. you're, you're cleaning the, doing the laundry, you're cleaning the house while your kids are running around. I have made a change this year because I've noticed that JC is, he's getting older. So he's very aware of the dynamics of going to yeah. mommy and daddy's. And, and by the way, yeah for all of our listeners, Joe, uh, my, my former husband and JC's dad, we have a great co-parenting relationship and that's also been work by the way. Um, so we both put our son first, always Mm -hmm. we, we talk only about him. We make him the central focus of our co-parenting relationship. And that's been Mm -hmm. huge and helpful for, for those who are walking through divorce. You got to put your own preferences aside and put your children first because too many Mm -hmm. divorce families are putting their emotions before Mm -hmm. their children and they're sharing one too much information with their kids that they shouldn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, they are causing rift between the family units. So anyways, as a side note, but one of the things I'm loving right now is I get home from work. I pick up JC and when I get home, I am just, I put my phone away. Mm -hmm. I let the house get completely dirty And I, I don't always cook like a full meal, like sometimes just mac and cheese and a hot dog. And I don't spend too much time in the kitchen. And that's just me right now. Right. I, I just play, I go build blocks. I take him to the park. I go to the zoo. He loves pup, pup. We go get pizza. Like, and it has been, it's, and I, I understand that everybody can do that, but even like as a single mom, like, I'm like, yes, there's a thousand things I need to get done right now. But once I'm with my son. Boom mm-hmm. he is my only focus. I I bring him with me to speaking engagements. If, if he's with me on my weekends, I bring him to meetings and he sits on my lap. I mean, I just yeah. I am just not going to create silos with him. It is yeah. he is in my life. Yeah. And now, does that cause inconvenience because it's hard? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's hard to bring your kids along. So I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. I am loving this right now, and, and like I got a zoo membership. We go to the zoo. Like I just feel like I've been spending so much intentional time. My house is messier. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not eating as healthy. But yeah. you know what? I'm just okay with this for that. For it's a season. season. It's a it's season. It's a season,
0: and they're Yay. so little for so such a short period of time. I mean, my baby's gonna be one. I can't I'm believe like, that. How did that even? You just happen? had a baby. I feel like I just did. I'm like, oh man, I got to work out a little bit more. <laughs> I'm like, Stop. I need the Holly Joe um, a fitness instructor um, oh. in my house, girl.
1: Let's, I'll, I'll fly up to Nashville or, or yes. um, not Nashville. I'm sorry. Where you at? <laughs> Columbia. Yeah. Columbia. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. But no, it, it's true. It's like your babies are only babies once. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they could care less, and, and and I'm like, all right, I have a million things to do. We just moved, we have got to like organize a closet and a pantry, and you want to organize everything, and it's like, okay, but don't forget your children are still around. <laughs> they love you. They need intentional time, and it's too like for me too. I feel like I'm balancing like it's so easy for my g- my big kids. I can put them on baby duty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's. Oh, your I've chore. not experienced that yet. Baby oh, wow. duty is that amazing? And Free babysitting? I mean it's it's you know they're seven and nine so it's not always there's some liability there's some liability there. there's some liability like I forgot I was watching him yes you are um you know but it is it's amazing but I'm like okay how often am I putting my big kids on baby duty and not like you know how, how much am I asking of them and they're great they're amazing siblings but um you know I it's so easy for me to like just i want to clean and organize and have all the things done and i'm add massively and but i'm like okay i need to just when my kids behavior starts going wonky Mm -hmm. like okay they need they let's just sit down let's just have a hug let's just snuggle for a second what do you need how was your day my friend katie blackburn she had had a blog post i think it was a blog post or a podcast i can't remember but it was called like it's their day too and just about like our it's it's there. Your kids so can great. have a good day or a bad day too. Like it's not just you, like I had a bad day because so and so did X, Y, and Z or my kids are doing this or whatever, and it's my bad day, but it's like the kids can have a bad day too sometimes. Yes. And sometimes we just need to come alongside them and hear from them and sit with them and be a little bit slower or go outside. Um, you know, I'm a huge proponent of being outside yay for the zoom membership and you get that beautiful florida weather so you can do it all the time
1: it's amazing
0: okay holly thank you so much for chatting with me this is amazing i love you i'll link to um lop podcast your coaching and all the good beautiful holly joe things and i'm just so appreciative of your time i know you're busy and you've got a job and a son and all the things but i love you friend
1: Oh, I love you too. And thank you so much for just opening this space to have honest conversations. Yes, always. And it's just, it's an honor just to even sit under your leadership this hour and just spend time with you. I, I love hearing you talk. You're amazing, Elise. No,
0: oh, thanks, Ollie. I want to talk to you today about Flowdesk, Flowdesk is the fastest growing email marketing platform helping small business owners design emails people love to get. From stunning email templates to immersion forms, Flowdesk makes it easy for beginners and experts alike to build their email lists, engage their audience, and convert subscribers into customers, all without a website. Get 50% off your first year using my code. Head on over to my show notes page, marshcom slash podcast to get 50% off your first year using Flowdesk today. Wow, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I hope you found encouragement for those seasons when God doesn't answer your prayers the way you thought he would. The Lord is so good to transform our heartache into hope even when we aren't sure how he is going to do that. I hope you heard that wherever you're at today, it's okay to start over. I have been there. That you don't have to be a victim to your circumstances, but that you can move through your season with acceptance and belief that Jesus is gonna turn your pain into something powerful. Maybe not today, maybe not even tomorrow. But as we stay with Jesus in our pain, his tender love toward us will heal our broken hearts.